Hey guys, thanks for joining me again. But first, I have an exciting announcement. At least it's exciting to me. I now have a website, and with that website comes an email address. So you can get a hold of me. You can contact me if you want to fuss at me for anything. I'm fine with that. I'm a truck driver. I'm used to it. The website is fattruckerpodcast.com. And the email that goes along with that is info at fattruckerpodcast.com. And now, back to the show. This episode is going to be a brief introduction into the science and many of the benefits of keto. I guess you can tell by now that I'm all in on ketogenic diet. Don't get me wrong, I love biscuits and gravy and pizza, and especially sugary soft drinks, just like everyone else. But at some point in time, you have to stop and ask yourself, do I want to eat that thing that I really like that is slowly killing me and making me sick? Or do I want to eat that other thing that I really like that isn't going to slowly kill me and isn't going to make me sick? So what follows is a brief summary of the science involved in a ketogenic diet and why it works when regular diets don't work and why regular diets will still make you sick and slowly kill you. First, we need to talk about insulin and why and what it does and why it's actually a bad thing. Without insulin, every time we ate something with a lot of carbs in it or sugar, our sugar levels in our blood would skyrocket to toxic levels and we would die. Insulin helps to control that. It takes the insulin out of the blood and puts it in the cells where the cells use it for energy instead of staying in the blood. Insulin also converts the sugar into glucose and gets stored in the muscle tissue to be used later. Most of us have about a three-day, maybe four-day, depending on your diet reserve of glucose stored in the muscle tissue. That's why it takes three or four days on a low-carb diet to convert to a ketone-based energy source. So that means insulin is a good thing, right? In that regard, yes. Let's talk about other things that insulin does. Insulin will actually suppress the body's use of fat as energy. Insulin will also tell the body to store fat instead of using it for energy. Insulin will convert fatty acids into fat to be stored on the body in the fat cells. And in some cases, it can actually convert protein into fat and also store that in fat cells. Insulin can also go into fat tissues along with amino acids and convert those into more fat tissues. In times of high food intake, your body wants to store fat to be used at a later time when food is not coming in so readily. But in our time of food everywhere, that later time never comes. Just think of it as eating food now versus putting food up in your pantry to be used at a later date. This food your body puts in your pantry, called fat, can be called upon in a fastest state of more than a few days or when you're eating a low-carb type of diet. There's a little bit of misunderstanding that as soon as you start burning ketones for energy, for example, your ketone sticks are measuring that you're excreting ketones in your urine, that you are fat-adapted or keto-adapted. It's simply not true. For your body to be truly keto-adapted or fat-adapted takes about six weeks on average. This is why a lot of studies from many years ago about a ketogenic diet didn't show great results because they only did a test for a week or two instead of long term. More recent studies show that when you go on a ketogenic diet, your first few weeks you will perform below that of your previous carb-fed self. Beyond four weeks, you'll start to return to normal, and six weeks out, you will begin to outperform your previous carb-fed self. 
On average, this is when your body becomes efficient at being fueled by ketones or what they call fat adapted. Professional athletes are starting to look at a ketogenic diet to gain an edge on the competition. In 2012, Timothy Olson won the Western States 100 on a low-carb diet. In 2015, Zach Bitter bested the American record for 100 miles on a diet almost completely free of carbs. Studies go back nearly a century that if you eat more carbs, your body gets better at burning carbs. And if you eat more fat, your body gets better at burning fat. Chris Irvin studies the ketogenic diet and says being in keto is not the same as being fat adapted, meaning being good at using fat for everyday energy. The better your body becomes using ketones, the more it uses, the less ketones will show on your analysis test strips. You're still in ketosis. Your body is just more efficient at using the ketones and knows better on how many ketones it needs to make on average and doesn't overproduce as much. What are ketones when we reference ketones? There are three main ketones called ketone bodies and they are three water-soluble molecules called acetoacetate, beta-hydroxybutyrate or BHB, and the spontaneous breakdown product of acetoacetate, acetone. Okay, that's a little bit more sciencey than I really want to get, so we'll focus on the benefits of being in a ketogenic state. First, Brain focus. Carbs create brain fog. The brain actually prefers ketones over glucose. When you're on a ketogenic diet for an extended period of time, you'll notice that your brain focuses better. You'll lose a little bit of that brain fog that we all have. Walk into the room and wonder, why did I walk in here? Did I remember to turn the light off? Did I leave the stove on? A ketogenic diet has been used for over a century to treat seizure patients, especially in children. There's ongoing research that it has positive effects on Alzheimer's and Parkinson's patients and improvements in all stages of dementia. It also shows positive results on lessening the frequencies of headaches and migraines. A ketogenic diet also seems to be very effective against some forms of cancer. Normal healthy cells in the body can either use glucose or ketones for energy. They have a switch that can use either one. Recent studies have shown that cancer cells cannot use ketones for energy. In fact, there's a published article from 2014 that cultured cancer cells were actually inhibited by ketones. And I've seen many forum posts from ketogenic practitioners that the negative side effects of doing chemo and radiation therapies for cancer has a much less negative impact on their well-being and how they feel on a ketogenic diet. Preventing heart disease. Keeping blood glucose levels low and stable helps to lower blood pressure and lowers triglycerides and improves cholesterol levels. Your good cholesterols will go up, your bad cholesterols will go down. Your overall cholesterol may actually go up. Very recent studies indicate that eating a diet in excessive carbs is actually a key factor to increasing triglyceride levels, probably due to the next category, which is decreasing inflammation. A recent Nature Medicine article was published indicating that a ketogenic diet is profoundly anti-inflammatory. This can improve a host of issues including acne, arthritis, eczema, psoriasis, inflammatory bowel syndrome or IBS, and some general pain, etc. This is believed to be because BHB, one of the main ketone bodies that we mentioned earlier, suppresses the main cause of many inflammatory diseases. Improved energy levels in sleep. Have you ever noticed that you're always getting your best sleep right about the time the alarm goes off? That's because you're in a mini fasted state and your insulin levels are at their lowest. 
Now imagine sleeping that good for your full seven or eight hours that you're in bed. To really maximize your best sleep, I highly recommend that you eat your last meal at least four hours or more before bedtime. Since I've switched to a ketogenic diet, I absolutely sleep like a baby all night long. About the energy, your first few days to a week, you're going to experience low energy. That's normal. And that's just how it is. This break-in period is called keto flu. By the time your first week is up, or at the very most your second week, you should start leveling out and having more energy. If you don't, it might be as simple as low sodium, potassium, magnesium, or electrolytes. There's a myriad of ways you can get those and still be low carb. Sodium is salt and potassium and magnesium usually found in pretty good quantities in vegetables. If you're getting enough green leafy vegetables, you should be getting enough. Main thing is sodium. If you're healthy, you have healthy liver and kidney functions, you literally cannot overdose on sodium. I have an episode coming up that I'm planning on. It's pitfalls, tips, and tricks. And one of my tips and tricks is you have to reprogram everything you've ever learned about how to be healthy. Salt's good for you. Fats are good for you. Carbs are bad. That's a complete and total reprogramming of what we're used to. On a normal diet, when you eat carbs throughout the day, your insulin levels spike. A bit of time after your meal, your insulin levels come back down. Your body wants to recharge with more sugar. You'll start to get sluggish, you'll have low energy, and you'll have hunger spikes. You'll also crave that box of cookies that's sitting in the corner. I see that box of cookies. After you do low carb for about a week, your energy levels will start to flatline, and you'll slowly notice in the next few weeks that your energy is getting back to normal, but without the spikes and crashes that are accompanying, that usually accompany you throughout the day. Ketogenic diet also helps to keep uric acid levels in check, helping kidney function and preventing gout. The most common cause of kidney, stones, and gout is elevated uric acid, calcium, oxalate, and phosphorus levels as a result of complex combination of unlucky genetics, dehydration, obesity, sugar consumptions, eating and drinking things with a lot of alcohol. It's important to know that a ketogenic diet temporarily raises uric acid levels, especially if you're dehydrated but they will come down over time. Assisting gastrointestinal and gallbladder health. Less heartburn, less acid reflux, less risk for gallstones, improved digestion, less gas and bloating. Everyone knows that a grain-based food, including nightshade vegetables like potatoes and tomatoes, sugary foods, and breads, increase the likelihood of acid reflux and heartburn. When I'm eating a carb-rich diet, I have heartburn like crazy. On a ketogenic diet, I have almost none. Research also shows that a high level of carbs in the diet is one of the key ingredients for gallstones. Assisting women's health, increasing fertility, stabilizing hormones. In 2013, there was an extensive review published looking into the research and evidence of ketogenic diets enhancing fertility. The results look promising. Studies also show that polycystic ovary syndrome, PCOS, can be treated effectively with low-carb dieting, which reduces or eliminates symptoms such as infrequent and prolonged menstrual periods, acne, and obesity. Overall, keeping blood sugar levels low and stable, which directly results in lower overall levels of insulin in the blood, helps to equilibrate and stabilize other hormone levels, especially in women. Helping the eyes, more stable visions, less risk for cataracts. 
as any diabetic will tell you, it is well known that high blood sugar has a detrimental effect on eyesight. People with diabetes can literally be losing their eyesight for over a 20-year period as the little blood vessel capillaries break down one by one. It shouldn't be a surprise that keeping blood sugar levels low improves eye and vision health, gaining muscle, and improving endurance. BHB, that we spoke of a couple of times now, has been shown to promote muscle gain. So when you hear people talk about you go on a low-carb diet and your body's going to eat your muscle and you're going to lose all your muscle mass, it's hogwash. Combine that with tons of anecdotal evidence over the years, and there's an entire movement behind bodybuilders using a ketogenic approach to gain more muscle and less fat. In addition, Dr. Stephen Finney and Dr. Jeff Volek have a number of papers published about ketogenic dieting for ultra-endurance athletes. It shows that once athletes are fully fat-adapted, there's strong evidence to suggest that mental and physical performance is significantly improved beyond a normal carb-rich diet. And, of course, the more obvious, curbing diabetes, obesity, and metabolic syndrome while sparing muscle loss. Just mentioned the muscle loss in that last one. There are over 160 research papers currently on PubMed with the words diabetes, ketosis, or ketogenic in the title. And if you search online for the very same keywords it's clear that ketogenic dieting is extremely effective for many people with both type 1 and type 2 diabetes for all of the reasons that i've mentioned about keeping blood sugar levels and insulin in check there's also no doubt at least in our minds ketogenic diet is very effective at losing weight if you combine the ketogenic diet with intermittent fasting it's even more that's not to say the other diets don't work but the other diets don't let you eat steak and bacon and who don't like bacon? And that's a great segue into ketogenic diet versus other diet. Just about any other diet on the market out there will help you lose weight. Some are faster, some are slower. But only a diet where you reduce carbs to the point of being ketogenic that you see all these other health benefits that come along with it. Standard medical practice for high blood pressure, cholesterol problems, and diabetes is to take a pill or take a shot and go on about your life as you have been. These are not cures. Not cures. These are only band-aids that mask the symptoms so you can keep on doing as you have been. Doing a ketogenic diet is a way to take your own health and put it into your own hands. It's a way to take control of how you feel and how healthy you really are and how healthy you feel right now. If you're deciding to do a ketogenic diet or just started doing a ketogenic diet, don't think about all the things that you can't have. Think about all the things that you can have, namely fat. Fat means full flavor. Fat means bacon. Fat means ribeyes. Fat means full fat salad dressings and cheese on your salads. Real cheese. Butter. Butter is awesome. Full fat mayonnaise salmon, vegetables cooked in real butter. So where does intermittent fasting and OMAD come into this? The best part is either one of these is completely optional. If I'm going to tell you, if I'm going to urge you to do only one thing that I am pushing, I would tell you to do a ketogenic diet. Eat three meals a day. Eat very low carb. Eat when you're hungry. Stop when you're full. Don't worry about numbers. Don't worry about calories. Only count your carbs. Don't let your carbs go over 20 a day to start out with at least until you find your threshold. Don't worry about exercise. Just get your food right. The longer that you're on a ketogenic diet, one of the great benefits of it is 
it's actually an appetite suppressant. The little bit of protein that you eat and the high amount of fat that you eat will keep you satiated for a long time. If you're going to do an OMAD or you're going to do a little intermittent fasting here and there, try it at breakfast time. You wake up, you've been doing this for a few weeks, you get up in the morning, you're not going to be hungry. And if you're not hungry, don't force feed it. That's another one of those things that you're going to have to relearn. You don't need four or five meals a day. Eat when you're hungry. Your body will tell you what it needs and when it needs it. Intermittent fasting is nothing more than something to kick your ketogenic diet up a notch. You can skip either breakfast or you can skip supper. If you skip lunch, that'll work too, but it doesn't doesn't give you that extended fasting duration of 16 hours of 16-8 OMAD, which stands for one meal a day, is just intermittent fasting that's been kicked up another notch. You're only going to eat one meal a day. I eat my one meal a day when I get home from work. Come through the door, I fix something to eat. When you're in keto or ketosis, you're forcing your body to use fat for fuel. This fat is either the fat that you eat or the fat that's on your body. When you skip a meal here and there, you're forcing your body to use the energy that's stored on your body instead of using some that you just ate. If you're used to going throughout the day constantly thinking about food, you switch to a good ketogenic diet after a couple of weeks, you're going to have to remind yourself to eat. So what I'm saying here is don't have to force the intermittent fasting or the OMAD. If you're doing it right, it's just going to come naturally. You're not going to be hungry. So thanks for listening to me ramble on. And remember, I am just a truck driver. Don't take medical advice from a truck driver. Do your research. Find your own answers.